Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Romans is often considered a book focusing on justification by faith, and this is certainly true. But Romans also conveys a deeper truth, and that is that at its core, It unveils God's work of sonship, making sons out of sinners. We'll look at sonship today on the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. The ministry of Witness Lee continued that of Watchman Nee, and combined, these two faithful servants labored for more than 75 years. We have the rich heritage of this ministry on tape, and we will bring you recorded excerpts on today's broadcast. And Ron Kangas has been kind enough to join us again for more fellowship concerning the book of Romans. Welcome back today, Ron. Thank you, man. But let me say, as always, every time I come to serve with you or with Chris on this radio program, I'm delighted and I consider it an honor. I'm happy to be here with you. Ron, as mentioned earlier, Although Romans conveys many of the deep truths and doctrines of our faith, when viewed in its entire context, the focus really is sonship. All the items introduced in this book, such as justification, sanctification, and glorification, really aim at this one target, don't they? It is correct to say that Romans contains many essential truths, starting with justification, which is the only way we can be declared righteous in Christ, justification by grace through faith, and then sanctification, transformation, and glorification. But as necessary, indispensable, and precious as these truths are, they're really not the goal, the target, or you could say the central core of this epistle. Rather, justification, sanctification, transformation, even glorification, are steps in a process that God in his complete salvation in Christ passes through in order to produce many sons who are the many brothers of Christ, who in resurrection is the firstborn Son of God. This is the central thought, and it reaches a peak in chapter 8, 
where Paul speaks some crucial words about sons and sonship, that the Spirit witnesses, this is verse 16, with our spirit that we're children of God, but then we become sons. According to Hebrews 2.10, God is leading many sons into glory, and our sonship will be consummated when our body is transfigured, we have a resurrection body, a glorified body, and these sons in Romans 8 then become the members of the body in Romans 12. So we need to adjust our focus and revise our emphasis in studying Romans to have God's view of this book. And we need to learn to trace Paul's thought from justification all the way through to glorification for the many sons who will be the corporate expression of God. The only begotten Son is and always has been and always will be a wonderful expression of God. But God wants a corporate expression of many sons. So his Son became a man in resurrection the Son of Man was designated the Son of God in his humanity. He became the firstborn Son of God with many brothers who are the many sons of God. This central matter, we need to see and be deeply impressed with it. Thanks, Ron. I'm anxious to get into this matter again. We've touched it before, but it seems like every time we do, it opens further and further. We'd like to point out to our listeners that today's tape of Witness Lee comes from very early in his ministry. You'll notice a definite difference in its quality and texture, so we ask you to bear with us. We trust that it's understandable and we've done what we can to improve it. So let's join Witness Lee from our life study of the Book of Romans. We have to see in this book, condemnation, of course, is not the center. Neither justification, nor sanctification. And even glorification is not the central thought. The central thought is just these three letters, I-S-O-N, SIN. Separated unto the gospel of God concerning his Son. The central thought, the central concept of the gospel of God is something concerning the Son. God's intention is to have a group of sons. And we have to realize what is the spiritual significance of sonship. You have to know a son in the Bible is the expression of the Father. If tonight we could have a Father here, and then we could have a Son, right away you can recognize that the Son is the expression of the Father. God's intention is to have Himself expressed in a corporate way. Not just to have an individual expression, 
but to have it by the expression. Amen. No man has ever seen God, but the Son declared him. Yet, just one son is not enough. It's not so marvelous. God needs more sons, many sons. So God did something to make his only begotten son the firstborn son. Could you uh, differentiate these two things? For only begotten son, that is the only son, the unique son. But the only son now becomes the firstborn among many brethren. Now God has many sons. You know, before Christ's resurrection, God had only one son. That means God had just an individual expression. But by the resurrection of Christ, and after his resurrection, God had many sins, thousands of sins. So now God has a corporate expression, a body expression. And this is God's intention. Ron, as we zero in on the target of Romans, this sonship that we have been speaking so much about, we touch God's desire to be expressed in man. What's the connection between our being made sons and God's desire for expression? When we take up this matter of sonship, we are really touching something deep in God's heart from eternity past. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, Paul tells us that in Christ we were predestinated unto sonship. He doesn't say there we were predestinated simply to be saved. He didn't say we were predestinated to be in heaven. He said we were predestinated unto sonship. And this continues the thought from the previous verse where Paul says... God shows us in Christ to be holy, even as God is holy. So this thought of sonship was in God's heart in eternity past. Now in Romans, at the beginning, what do we see? We just see sinners filling the earth. All of us, all have come short of the glory of God. We're lawless, we're ungodly. We are under the righteous judgment of God. But it's a wonderful truth in this book that it, Romans, reveals how God is able to redeem sinful people, enable them to believe into Christ, regenerate them as his children, and then guide their growth to be sons. I repeat, this is the central matter in Romans. We may begin with justification. We must. That's the foundation. But the goal is sonship for the corporate expression of God. Sadly, 
the overwhelming emphasis of so many preachers, Bible teachers, so many ministers, pastors, and as a result, literally millions of believers, their emphasis is on salvation with the forgiveness of sins, justification by grace through faith, for Christ to become our righteousness so that before God we are righteous. He can forgive us, regenerate us, and then what? We're bound for heaven. That is not the New Testament revelation. That is not the revelation in Romans. God wants a corporate expression. He doesn't want a heaven simply populated with millions and millions of forgiven sinners who are objectively righteous before him and can be in his presence. That is contrary to God's purpose, contrary to God's heart's desire, contrary to the New Testament as a whole, and contrary to Romans. In Romans, we see God moving through his complete gospel to produce many sons, the many brothers of the firstborn son, so that God, through these sons, may have a corporate expression of himself. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now you have the Son, the unique Son of God, as a model, a pattern. All this model is of two natures. The nature according to the flesh and the nature according to the spirit of holiness. Here, holiness really means the divine essence of God, the divine substance of God. He was with only one nature before his incarnation, the nature of divinity. But by being incarnated, he put on our nature. He was divine, but one day, at Bethlehem, he put on our human nature. And he was incarnated. But listen, when he put on the human nature, he didn't drop the divine nature. He didn't drop divinity. Yet, he put on humanity. Oh, the Son of God in humanity. Amen. Then one day came. We know the story. People thought, it is better to terminate this person, to put this person to an end. And they put him to death. Satan was laughing. The Lord Jesus was also laughing. <laughs> Both of them were laughing with different purposes. <laughs> Satan was laughing because he saw that was the end of Jesus. And Jesus was laughing because that was the start. Amen. That is not the closing, but that is the opening. Amen. Yes, the closing to the flesh, but the opening to the spirit. Amen. According to the spirit of holiness, he was designated Amen. son of God Amen. with power Amen. by resurrection. Amen. 
if there's no dead, how could there be resurrection? Oh, the dead just opened the way for resurrection. And he was resurrected. Hallelujah! He was resurrected! Now, he is the Son of God with two natures, with divinity as well as humanity. But now you have to realize this humanity, now, which he still bears, is not the natural humanity. It's the resurrected, developed, and uplifted humanity. It is not fallen. The natural humanity. He is still with two natures. But even his flesh has been designated. Now he is the designated Son of God. The Son of God must be one with two natures. Ron, we have mentioned several times previously in this study of Romans how Christ was initially the only begotten Son of God, but in resurrection he became the firstborn Son among many brothers. Let's pick up this profound matter that is the two natures. What does it mean that involved in the process of incarnation and resurrection is the matter that Christ acquired a second nature? It is important for us to realize that the truth concerning Christ as the Son of God is twofold. It has two aspects. Without doubt, we know from John 1.18 and 3.16, Christ is the only begotten Son in the Godhead, eternally the Son of God, as his expression. This is prior to the incarnation of the Son of God. To be brief, when the Son of God, the only begotten Son, was incarnated, he put on humanity. That humanity was not part of the divine Sonship. He became the Son of Man. Then in his resurrection, he was designated the Son of God in a second way. That is, the Son of God with humanity as well as divinity. Therefore, he is called the firstborn. That means others have been born. So, in the Godhead, there's only one Son. In God's economy, there is the firstborn Son with the many sons, and the firstborn with the many sons are the corporate expression of God. This is what is on God's heart. So let's be clear. Although as believers born of God to be children of God, we will become the many sons of God and the many brothers of Christ as the firstborn son of God. This is in God's economy to fulfill his purpose to have a corporate expression. But this does not jeopardize the unchangeable, immutable Godhead, wherein the Son is the only begotten Son. We do not enter the Godhead. We do not become part of the Godhead. We're talking about God's economy, what he's working out in space and time to have a corporate expression through Christ as the firstborn Son and the many sons brought forth in his resurrection. 
Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The difference is this, that he has been designated already. With him, the designation of the Son of God has been fully completed. But with us, we are just under the process. What is this process? Here is the seed of carnation. The way of life to designate is not to label it. But to pull this little seed into the soil and water it, in a sense, put it to death. Then you wait for two weeks. The more they grow up, the more they are designated. And then it grows more until it blossoms, until it gives you the full blossom. Oh, it gives you the full blossom. Everybody gets it. This is condition. It's fully designated. Designated condition. When it gives you the full blossom, that is the time which means the redemption of the body. Amen. And the redemption of the body is the full sense. The life of the Son has been put into us in our spirit. What we have to pass through is the process of death. To undergo so many things of death that we may be destroyed. To grow up and to breath and to give you the full breath. I tell you, this is the resurrection. We are just under the process of being put to death. That we may share practically his resurrection. Oh, designated by resurrection. Ron, the encouraging message for us today, I think, is that we are following the firstborn son. And we're on our way to being designated as full-fledged sons of God. But perhaps the not-so-encouraging part is that included in this process that we're going through is also the death of the cross leading to resurrection. Ron, is there any other way for us to be brought into such a sonship? In Romans 1, 3, and 4, we see that the firstborn son, Christ as the Son with humanity as well as divinity, was designated to be the Son of God with his humanity. He was not only marked, he uh, not only had a name, he was marked out, designated. What he is now in his resurrection, his humanity, his body, his flesh, are part of the divine sonship. This is a matter of designation. Now, we are in a process of salvation and life, mentioned in Romans 5.10. Much more we shall be saved in his life. We will be sanctified, renewed, transformed, conformed, and glorified to be the many sons of God. Now, just as Christ's divinity was hidden in the shell of his humanity when he was on the earth, 
Right now, our sonship is something that cannot be seen. But when the Lord comes and we are glorified, that will be the manifestation of our sonship. And that will be the designation that we are the many sons of God. So the firstborn son was designated in resurrection, son of God with divinity and humanity. We in the future at our glorification will be designated sons of God with humanity and divinity, all for the corporate expression of God. So often, Ron, we find ourselves in a situation where death seems to be operating all around or even within us, and it leads us to believe, why is this happening? Why has God left me? And really, all of this is to bring us to the point where resurrection can be manifested and operated. A brief word about death as the enemy, death as surrounding us experientially. But I don't want to say too much other than this that we have within us the resurrection life of Christ. Actually, the resurrected Christ himself as the life-giving spirit dwells in us. And we will not only be redeemed from sin, we will be saved out of every negative thing. And we will reign in life, not only over sin, not only over the world, but over the ultimate enemy, Death. Grace reigns unto eternal life. Romans 5.21 Those who receive of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. That's verse 17. So yes, our bodies in the old creation, the ultimate weapon of the enemy is death to attack us. But the resurrection life has defeated death. This life is in us, so we are full of hope. Thank you, Ron, for your fellowship today. Join us again real soon. Matt, since we have not completed the long list of programs we need to prepare, then it seems there's room for many of us brothers to continue serving. And I believe I'll have my portion, and I look forward to it. So, Matt, I'll be with you again. And to our dear listeners, we'll see you again. And thank you for joining us today. Call our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. We also receive your email at radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas, I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more about these two 20th century New Testament ministers, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. 
Thank you for listening today.